0: Hey there, I'm Brittany, and welcome to the Cape Cod Church Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit our website at capecodchurch.com. In the meantime, we hope you enjoy this message in our current series. Well, good morning. Good morning. Make sure I'm on there. Yeah. I, you know, I love watching those videos of people being baptized, but I, yeah, we can clap for that. Yeah, that's I mean, so, so beautiful. I'm guessing I watch it differently than you do, because when I watch it, I'm watching to make sure I got everyone completely under. <laughs> like, oh, I missed that one. No, got to do it over. I've, ne- I've never I've never had a I've never had a do over. So, um, I, as, for those of you who love uh, taking notes, we've given a handout today. Um, I don't. I don't often do that, but boy, this week it just felt like there was so many opportunities for you to write things down, and our ushers are around if you don't have one, and you're like, oh, I love writing stuff down. And then you raise your hand, and they'll, uh, they'll spot you out. I'm waiting to see somebody in the furthest upper corner, um, like in the, the upper deck, as we, as we call it. Um, so, in fact, if you look at all this and you go, my goodness, there's a lot there. Actually, you're not going to fill all of that out today. Some of it is sort of, I don't want to call it homework, but it's, it, it's to be continued. It's stuff for you to kind of mull over and work around with. And I hope that it's helpful of all of them. Uh, messages in this series, this will be the one that I think has the most sort of practical uh, application for where you're living at. Because we've been talking for uh, the past few weeks about family, um, about, about marriage, about raising kids, uh, about what it looks like when you're looking for that person, when we're dwelling together, when we're at that season of life where our kids are grown and we're figuring out what this new relationship looks like. Uh, I was reading uh, a story this past week of a fairly well-known uh, football player named Jim Marshall. Those of you who go back a few years, uh, he, was, he was quite the player in the National Football League. He played for the Minnesota Vikings. And on October tenth, 1965, He got up Sunday ready to play the Green Bay Packers, and he was destined to make the play of his career. It would literally be the defining moment. In fact, uh, NFL, when they were doing the 100 top plays of history, his would be number 54. And I'm guessing that when he got up that morning, he didn't know it was coming, but there it was. History arrived. The guy running the ball got hit, and the ball popped out. And Jim Marshall saw it, and his moment was there, and he picked it up, and he stumbled a little bit, if you watch the videos, and then he got his footing, and he was off. He was a big, big man lumbering down the field towards the goal line. and He scored, and the crowd was going crazy. The players were crowded around him, cheering, slapping him on the back. It was a great moment. But somewhere in the celebration, he realized that the players who were congratulating him were the players from the other team. (laughs) Jim Marshall, a professional football player, had run the ball to the wrong end zone. (laughs) That hurts, doesn't it? For a football aficionados, as he got into the end zone, he celebrated by flipping the ball and it rolled out the back end, which I guess is a, a touchback or something like that. So it wasn't seven points. Number 54 in history. A memorable moment, but maybe not for the reasons he was, he was hoping for. We all want to win in this thing of family, of marriage, of relationship. And we're running towards the goal, and I want to take today and talk about the goal. I want to talk about what we're running to, about values. Because here's the truth. You are already on the path. You are already running towards the goal. Sometimes we're running towards the wrong goal, and we've got to do an about face, and we hope somebody catches us before we cross the the goal line. Sometimes we're just not running the best route, and sometimes we're just kind of floundering around. So what I want to do today, in as practical a way as I can, is I want to offer three Goals. They're just, they're going to be goals that you can lean into and set for yourself. And then we're going to, I'm going to kind of help you apply them with some questions that we can ask ourselves that kind of press into those goals. And at the same time, we're going to look at some of the more familiar passages About family from the scriptures. So let me begin with the very first goal. And if you're taking notes, writing things down, you want to remember, you can see it there. Decide what we value. Like, what's the goal here? What is it that we value as a couple, as a family? What are our values? Decide what value. Now, here's this famous famous passage from proverbs chapter 22 verse 6 direct your children onto the right path and when they're older they will not leave it i gotta tell you i love this verse for its practicality but i must confess it gets a little bit abused I, I think sometimes we've taken this, this, this principle from Proverbs, this book of wisdom about principles, and we've, we've turned it into some kind of magic Incantation that if you do this, everything turns out right. And then what happens is years later, when things don't turn out right or things start to go south, we go, Oh, I must have not put them on the right path. But this verse is not a promise. It's a, it's a principle about a pathway. And it's super important. It's a principle about a pathway. And here's what it means. It means that you have more influence than you even realize. As a parent, you have enormous influence to establish the pathway, kind of the line that your family will go down. And here's what happens you exert that influence through values. The values that you have as a a family, that you start off with as a single person and then you bring into a marriage and you merge it together into something and then you pass it down to your kids and to your grandkids and you live it out for generations, you exert your influence through your values. Which brings us to the place of how do we set and decide Our values. John Tyson, uh, in his uh, excellent little book, The Intentional Father, in fact, I think husbands, wives, moms, dads can value and find things that are really valuable in this book. He offers a question that I thought was really helpful in applying this principle. So if you want, to, you, you want to begin this journey and decide what are, the, what are the values for our family? What are our family values? What are the things that matter most to us? It turns out that's a harder question to answer than you might think. And if you think it's easy, wait till we're done. I'm not done yet, so hang on. So Tyson's question was this. Finish this sentence. When they leave, I want them to... Fill in the blank. When they leave, I want them to... And then he offers three things, and I've given these to you in your notes. I want them to know something. I want them to be something. And I want them to be able to do something. And and that's a good starting point. Like when they leave, when they they run off into the world, what do I want them to know? This is is about wisdom. I want them to know. I want them to be wise. I want them to know something about themselves. I want them to know something about God. I want them to know something about the world around them. That's wisdom. This is what I want them to know. And I want them to be... Well, this is character. This is the one I automatically go to when I think about values. I want them to be... Well, what do you want them to be? I find the exercise of three helpful because it makes me prioritize. What do I want them to be? I want them to be courageous... I want to be compassionate. I want to be honest. The fruits of the Spirit are a great place to to lean into for this, but what do I want them? Like, what's at the top of my list of character that I want them to be? And then, what do I want them to be able to do? Oh, man, that's a long list. I want to be able to make their bed. Right? I want to be able to balance a checkbook, know how to save, not live within their means, fix a car. I failed on that one. No. Fix a car, have a good mechanic. That's my key for fixing a car. Right? What do I want to be able to do? What skills? And that's what this is about, skills. What I want them to know? What do I want them to be? And what do I want them to be able to do when they leave? You see, what we're talking about is talking about like being intentional about values. What are the values that you, as an individual, if you're single, you're bringing into a relationship, and if you're a couple, what are the values that you have? What are the things you've decided? These are the values that we have. These are the things that matter. Now, a lot of you, you're. You've got kids already and you're you're on this road and, and a and a good amount of us are our kids, we're empty nesting it, right? The kids are the kids are gone and we're like, what do we what do we do with the story? Well well hold on to that because we're not we're not quite there, but but first ask like what are my values and, and i would encourage you just to, to begin right in a minute there's probably something that comes to your top of your head you're like oh that's that's it and 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 you can write that down and, and, and maybe maybe you can fill in all three and maybe you need like little column space and four and five and six and these are the things that that I value like I'm hoping they I'm hoping they they got this now Here's a great way to do this exercise. You're sitting there and you're filling it out. You're making your list, and your spouse is making a list. Do it separately. Don't cheat. Don't look over and go. Oh, I got to write down the same thing. Like, don't don't do that. Right, and then come back, like after, and compare your lists. Here's my guess. Your list won't be the same. A little full disclosure. Uh, I was working on this earlier this week, and Tammy and I did it. Our lists weren't the same. And it allowed us to see, like, oh, yeah, I I see where those things are are coming together and how we value these things. And I'm just telling you, hey, be intentional about it. Now, if you're really brave, here's something you can do. Get your kids in on it. Ask your kids, what are our family values? It's terrifying. Because <laughs> a lot of times they, they, don't, they don't add up. And I, I went to my kids this week. You have to understand the dynamic in our family is that when I ask my kids anything like this, they automatically go on sermon alert. And so I have to promise not to share stuff, right? It's like, oh, this is just for us. I, just, and I went to them individually because I didn't want any like group bias. I just wanted to know, hey, what, are, what do you think are our family? Give me three family values, like things that you just, you grew up in this house, and we've just become technical empty nesters, which means not really empty nesters, but that's, we don't really want to be either, because we love having them around, but, and and they they all started sending and then we did a group chat where we brought them all together, and we were amazed, at how many of those things lined up. And I'm not going to go into them here. I'm going to be part of, uh, of the family playbook discussion group tomorrow night, where I'm going to dig a little bit more into that, and I'll talk about that at the end. But, but ask your kids, like, hey, what, what, were the, what were the things that we valued as a family? Like, what are our family values? And and what's going to happen is you're going to start to wrestle down to things that God has impressed on your family. See, here's what I believe. There's not one right list. There's not one list. Everybody should have the exact same looking list. That's not, I don't, that's, that, that's not the point here. God is working uniquely and individually in your family, through your experiences, through your upbringing, through your struggles, through your strengths. And he is creating something whole and beautiful out of that. And when you begin to identify those things you can lean into them and say these are values that we have as a family there's no one right list but i do want to add this there are wrong lists there are things that end up on our list and we're like that shouldn't be there that just became and in fact most of the things that are wrong on the list are things that are given a wrong weight Man, I gotta tell you, like, when I made, like, here's how, here's how this week went. I I was working on this, outlining, and then I said, I should do this myself. And I made my list, and I was harder on myself than my family was. I was like, I've made too much out of this, and too much out of this, and not enough out of this. That's just reality. And I was very grateful when my kids came back and gave me their list. They didn't put any of the bad stuff on it or any of the stuff that I'd given too much weight to. I actually went back to one of them. I said, well, what about this, this, and this? Because I I, I have this sense that sometimes the values, the, the sway gets out of alignment, and things that are nice become things that are great or too great, and I give them more of a weight than they deserve. But here's the principle of the path. You have enormous influence in how you exert your values, important values, into the life of your family. And those values stick with them for a lifetime. And wherever you're at, if you're a grandparent, you can have this conversation. If you're a parent with an empty nest, this is a fascinating conversation. If your kids are at home, sit around the dinner table or wherever it is you sit and you have a discussion. I mean, these are fascinating. And you're you're beginning to become intentional about the values you have. Now, once you've done that, it leads you to what I think is the second goal in your notes, and that is to create environments to grow our values create environments to grow our values here's this passage from the Old Testament Deuteronomy chapter 6 you've probably heard this in this context and it fits here's what it says and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today these these laws, these were the things that were most important to Israel think values and then he says in verse 7 repeat them Again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on a road trip. Talk about them. When you're going to bed and when you're getting up, you get the picture, right? It's like he's not done. Verse eight, he said, that's not enough. Do more. Tie them to your hands. Wear it on your forehead. They literally did this. They would take verses and stick them on their forehead. I'm glad that that trend went away. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. In other words, you're describing how values are so powerful because they show up everywhere. Everywhere. So where do values show up? How do we create an environment in our home that grows our our values? So the question would be that we can ask ourselves is, where will this happen? Where will this value happen in our home? And I've listed here three different spaces. We could spend, literally, we could spend all day. We're going to dig into this a little bit tomorrow night with the Family Plague Book Group. But um, let me just give you three places to like, deeply consider our opportunities for, for you to create the pathway and exert those values. First is in your schedule. It's the most obvious place. Like, How are you carving out time to be together as a family? Like, where does that happen for you? Maybe it, maybe it happens in drive time. Maybe it happens around a dinner table. One of the sad losses in our culture is the, the opportunity just to regularly sit around a dinner table. I know a lot of you do that, but, but those are opportunities to grow our values. Not by any, hey, everybody, sit down, sit down, sit down. We're going to go for value number three this today. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about time to be together when the things that are important uh, in your life kind of bleed over into their lives. Now, how are you crafting your schedule? Here's the second one, relationships. Man, relationships are powerful. It turns out you're not the only person trying to create a pathway for your family. All of their relationships... All of our relationships are creating pathways and so we have to intentionally ask ourselves about our relationships and how those relationships are reinforcing the values that matter to us and where there's relationships that might not reinforce it how do I protect in that place so we're talking about relationships around friendships around family around and that's that's around family right around it could be cousins it could be grandparents it could be endless it's like how are how are those relationships leaning into you some of you've got godly grandparents some of you are the godly grandparents and you thought man i'm empty we're off we're going cruising RVing for the rest of our life but your job's not done right it's like you've got this enormous opportunity to help your children build the pathway in their kids lives but it's not the only place school our kids spend so much time at school they they spend time with friends and kids spend a lot of time in athletics Right? Relationships. I'm gonna give a little pitch for this. One of the things our our our, our kids uh, our, our kids went to the public schools and then to another private school in town. But um, we we were a lot of people in our church do all kinds of things. We've got homeschool families, we've got public school, we've got private school, we've got Christian school, we've got parochial. We got we've got a little bit of everything. And I've seen amazing kids come out of every one of those centers. But but here's what we wanted as a family: we wanted our kids to have feet in both worlds. We wanted them to have a peer group. Group that reinforced the story of faith in their life. So we just, it was, like, it was like a non-negotiable for us that our kids were engaged in the life of the church and engaged in age-appropriate settings. So we, wanted them in, we wanted them in kids' ministries. We wanted them in youth ministries because we knew something happens there with those peers who help them to develop the values that we shared as, as parents. So schedules relationships, and then experiences. Man, this is, this is a fun one. Experiences are where you begin to create experiences. You do things that help to cement these. This is where you get to be intentional and creative and have a great time. Sometimes there's celebrations. Sometimes there's trips. It's when you take a vacation and you look at it as an opportunity to instill values. Listen, I'm not talking like, don't take devotions and like preach to your kids for six hours while you're driving down the road. That's That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about celebrating values together through planned experiences. So one of the things that Tam did our kids is when our when our girls turned 16 our son turned 16 during covid that turned the world upside down but our, our girls when they turned 16 she she collected a book for them it was the most beautiful thing and the book was simply letters that were written we went to all the influential people in their lives their teachers their friends the parents of their friends and we asked them to write a letter about what they saw that was valuable in that child's life and we collected all of them as a surprise and then we had a dinner with them and we gave it to them as a gift Beautiful. I mean, just, it was a gift to the parents to read what others saw in our kids' lives. One of the things that we love doing is, as our kids are nearing graduation, we go on a missions trip with them. I highly encourage that. We do missions trips every year as a church, and if the schedule doesn't line up, we can point you some, but others. But man, what an incredible opportunity to travel together with a child and to see what God is doing around the world. There's a hundred other ways that you can create great experiences. Now, I've just scratched the surface, but I want to say two things about these, the, these places where we create environments that grow our values. Okay, so there, there's, there's two keys that I think are, um, uh, are, 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 are critical here. Um, persistence and intentionality be persistent be intentional now i know that just sounds like whatever so let me get real with you here's what persistent means persistent actually shows up in your life as a parent as being unreasonable <laughs> The kids ever say that? You're unreasonable. Nobody does that. What are you doing? Persistence. No, we're doing it. That's what we do. That's what we do every Friday. That's what we do every Tuesday. That's what we do every day. That's what we do. That's what we do on Sundays. Persistent, 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 persistent. You do something for 18 years, it shows up. Persistent. I got in the habit 16 years ago of driving our kids to and from school every day. I just started crafting my schedule around getting up in the morning, getting ready with the kids, driving them to school. And when they were little, they thought it was great, you know, no bus, it's, it's great, and I was dropping them off and picking them up. And, and honestly, I got to tell you, this is the first year I got up and I saw school buses and I had no kids in my car. It was killing me. I was, like, I was like calling people, can I drive your kid to school? <laughs> True story. I mean, I'm going to other people's kids' uh, athletic games. I was at somebody else's soccer game yesterday. I'm desperate, folks. I'm desperate. <laughs> I texted my kids. I'm like, man, this is the first time in 16 years I'm not driving someone to school on the first day of school, man. I, just, I was persistent. So I got permission to tell this story. So uh, a year ago, Uh, the summer my son's junior into senior year he's getting ready to be a senior Um, Cody's grandmother gives him a car she tells us, hey, I'm going to give Code my car. I'm not going to drive anymore. In our house, none of our kids have had cars. I've got, you know, that's, an, that's another story. Talk to me if you want. But they, they, they've had the bar off, which is beautiful, beautiful. But anyway, so kids are hating me right now. So the grandmother's giving you know, him a car, and we're like, oh, that's awesome. And, and I'm immediately thinking about driving my son to school. Like, I had one year left. I'm not ready to give this up. And so we've got to tell Code, hey, your, uh, your grandmother is giving you a car. So we, we, we called him to, Hey, Code, guess what? Graham is giving you her car. He's like, What? Really? Yes! And I said, Code, I just have one request. I said, oh, gosh. I said, I want to drive you to school twice a week. He was so excited about the car, he didn't think to negotiate me down to once a week. He's like, okay. And I did. Game days. That's what it turned out to be, game days, because I was going to be there at the end of school, and... I drove him to him from school. Now, how did it work out? It, was, it worked out most of the time pretty good. A couple of times, though, he just wanted to take his car, because, you know, a car is freedom. And we had this discussion at one point. He said, come on, Dad. You know, after the newness had worn off. So two days later, right? <laughs> now, seriously, somewhere in the middle of the year. He said, come on, Dad. Why do you want to drive me? Because he knew it was inconvenient for me. And so he asked me this question like he's pressing me, like he's a little litigator, pressing me for an answer. And I wanted, because I was being unreasonable, and I wanted to give him an answer, but I wanted to give him a cool-sounding answer. Like, hey, we made an agreement, and this is the last year, and you know, this is a good time for us, and you know, we get to talk about awesome stuff. And honestly, I'm gonna be honest with you. We didn't we rarely talked about awesome, awesome stuff. But we were together. And I'm sitting there and he's pressing me. And I decided just to be honest with him, like painfully honest. I'm like, Code, I like being with you. Turns out that answer worked. It's like, as uncool as that sounds, for a 17, 18-year-old boy, I was the truth. I just wanted to be with them. That's what I mean by persistent. And that's why persistent sometimes sounds unreasonable. And... The next one is intentional. Now, here's what I mean by intentional. Intentional, like when you become intentional about creating experiences and opportunities, here's another word for intentional. Awkward. Awkward. Like, you want to do what? Awkward. Like, sometimes you're going to, like, let's do this, and it's just going to be... Ah. Right, here's another one. I, I got permission from Code for this, too. Um, I told Code, I said, Code, I-, I wanted to create an experience for him because his pathway is a little bit different than his sister's. And I wanted to create an experience. And one of those things, I want to spend a day with I said, Code, I want you to take, you got this day off of school. It's coming up. I just want you to mark off the whole day. It's just going to be for us. I got a surprise for you. you know, guess what he said? What's the surprise? <laughs> he was negotiating, right? He's like, hey, wh- what are you going to, wh- what are we going to do? I'm like, It's a surprise. I said, we're gonna go somewhere. Where are we gonna go? How long is it gonna be? Do I have time to go skating? I see my girlfriend. You know, all the stuff that your kid would do too, right? I'm like, listen, just carve off the day. We're leaving in the morning, we'll be back at night. It's like, what are we gonna do? I'm like, it's a secret. And you know why I said because it was because it was awkward, it was weird. And here's what I wanted to do. I wanted to take him on a trip I've spent mo- all of my life I could do this in a day I've spent all of my life li- living in Massachusetts and I wanted to take him on I wanted a day with him and we did a, we did a reverse journey through m- all the places I've lived and I just I wanted to show him each of these I, p- I picked five places that were meaningful and they were places where I became a man I just wanted to go Stop. Let me tell you a story about this place and what happened and how it helped me become the man that I am. And I didn't take him to all good places. By the end of the journey, we were in a couple of places where they were awkward, embarrassing stories, but I wanted him to see how those experiences crafted me as a man. So here's what I'm saying. Be intentional, even if intentional is a little bit awkward or unreasonable. These are powerful ways that we build values and pathways into our kids' lives. All right, there's one last one. I'll bet you knew this was coming. Give your kids a gift of faith. Let me read to you some verses we've read a lot here. Matthew six thirty three. Here's what Jesus said: Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. Do you believe that? Because I believe that. I, I believe that. I believe if you if you put Him first, He's going to take care of everything you you need. John ten ten. This verse. That's such a a, 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 a grounding point for our church. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I'm come that they may have life, and they may have it abundantly. I, I guess my question is: Is do you do you believe that? Do you believe that that that, that the fullest life can only be found in Jesus? Because I believe that. So the most important thing I want to give my kids is Jesus. So the question, I think we all have to ask ourselves, is how am I going to give them Jesus? How am I going to give them the gift of faith? How am I going to pass a faith and a life in Jesus Christ down to him? Because the full life, every parent dreams about their kids. Like the full life is, is found in Jesus and in his way and in his life and living, following his commands. How do I give that to them? You see, here's what we know. We know... We know we can guide them, but we can't decide for them. Right? I, can't, I can't decide for my kids. My kids, are, my kids are just like your kids. I know you don't believe that. I'm telling you, it's the truth. Just like your kids, they're going to make a decision on their own. But you have an enormous opportunity to give them Jesus to set them down that pathway, to give them the gift that is Jesus Christ, to put them on that pathway so that they can make that decision themselves you see the journey of parenting is a journey from authority to influence and we don't have time to unpack all that but when they're little, when they're baby you, you have full authority you decide when they get fed, when they go to bed sort of when they go to bed right? you, decide, you, you, get, you, you make all the decisions and then as they grow a little bit they, you, you, they, they start doing things on their own <laughs> right until like, at some point like, you've moved from authority to influence and by the way that happens earlier than you thought it did right like by the, time, by the time they're teenagers, your total authority, gone! Right? You're, you're living in influence. But the beauty of that is that influence lingers and lingers and lingers and lingers for generations. And we get to keep having a voice into their lives. Here's what I want to finish with. I just want to finish by saying, listen, A life with Jesus is a life of discovery. It's discovering who God is, who Christ is, who I am, and who I am in Christ. And it's marked by momentous steps of faith. We just celebrated some on the screen in baptism, right? so beautiful. What makes that so meaningful? It's a momentous step of faith. It's a declaration. And as parents, we should celebrate those steps of faith, that journey that they're on. But because a life of faith in Christ is a life of discovery, it's a journey, and it's full of ups and downs and momentous steps of faith. Here's the truth. It's also full of seasons of dryness and rejection. And sometimes you've, you've put the pathway, and you've led as imperfect as it is, and you'll have a son or a daughter who goes off in a different way and they're struggling and your heart is breaking and I get it man if you're here today and you're in the midst of that all of this can feel like a weight I just want to say God's not done He's not done And if you have a son or a daughter who's going through a dry season, but you feel like you've, they've rejected you or Christ, love them through it. Do for them what Jesus did for you. Just love them through it. Don't give up on them. Don't give in to your own frustration, your own anger, your own fear. Just love them. When you don't know what to do, love them. When you're angry, love them. When you're afraid, just love them. And watch what God is able to do. Let's pray together our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I want to pray for for the families that you're building together. If you're a single person on the doorstep of marriage or planning someday, the values that you'll bring to that. If you're a husband and wife and you're You're just trying to figure out how to pay the rent. But at the same time, you're building a home together, values. Mom or dad with that new baby and thinking about the life you're going to have together. Today, we're dreaming about more than, well, more than where we'll live and what trophies they'll raise. thinking about what do we want them to know? What do we want them to be when they leave? For those of us whose kids have stepped beyond authority and they're charting their own life, building a path that brings us great joy and admiration and sometimes fear and sadness. Father, we pray together as a church for families, husbands and wives, building a home, Deciding what they will uniquely value based on who you've made them and what you've called them to be. Father, for the one whose heart is a bit heavy, a son or a daughter who Is in that dry season or season of rejecting father would you fill mom and dad with your presence would you pour your love into them so deeply that they could pour it into that child who's struggling give them the strength to go on and never give up father help us to be in a small way for them, what you have been for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.